Hello everyone, welcome back to On The Ledger. This is your host Mohd Sayed, and I'm back once again on your weekly rendezvous from Paris. I hope you're all doing well and enjoying your summer, because we honestly are. It's been an amazing time for us at Ledger. We finally launched Ledger Market, which is going to be the most secure end-to-end NFT distribution platform, and we launched it with the drop of its Genesis Pass. The response from the community has been incredible. So honestly, I'd really like to thank you for the trust and support. And as you might have heard during Ledger Open uh, a couple of months ago, we've actually partnered with an incredible list of the most culturally relevant creators and brands in this space to bring security and education to the forefront of NFTs. And today, we're actually talking to the team behind Brick, Ledger's market uh, first official drop, which we're actually super stoked about. Brick is not your everyday NFT. It's a project that's truly born out of culture, with music, live shows, and fashion being at its core. After touring with Trash Talk for more than 10 years, LA-based musicians Lee Spielman and Garrett Stevenson drew inspiration from legendary DIY venues of the past to conceive Brick, a music venue by night and a community-run creative space by day. And today, they're here, along with Aidan Cullen, their advisor, who also happens to be the founder of The Heart Project, to tell us all about Brick and their future drop on Ledger Market. From the Ledger side, they'll be joined by the best person I could think of for an interview about music, fashion, LA, and NFTs, Mr. Ian Rogers. Uh, so fasten your seatbelts and enjoy the ride. Guys, thank you very much for being here. And thank you for being with us. And thank you for being with us, like, generally. Being with us in New York, being with me in LA a couple weeks ago. Like, really, um, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a pleasure to to have you guys, you know, just along for the ride and, um, and to really, you know, I can't wait to, to tell people what you guys have coming up because I think it's, um, it really shows a power of, of web three, but let's start off with the basics. You know, who are you? Um, I'm Lee. I've never really answered this question fully. You know what I mean? Cause when it comes down to what we do, it's like, I play music. I played in a punk band called trash talk for probably half my life. I started a skate streetwear brand with Garrett about six or seven years ago. I kind of lose track now. And now we do brick. We kind of, we do it all, if that makes sense. We've been doing a lot of different different projects throughout the decades. And Garrett's kind of been my partner with all of these projects since we were teenagers. Garrett? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, I'm Garrett. Uh, yeah, I play guitar. I've toured the world with this guy. Um, designer, uh, creative director kind of kind of do it all um yeah started brick with with lee recently and aiden and uh yeah it's been been a good time aiden what up i'm aiden um yeah i'm a photographer and director and got pretty deep into web3 about a year ago um just because i was frustrated with some of the typical things in the creative world of just like chasing invoices and ideas getting watered down and stuff like that and um started a project like a year ago called the heart project which is like you know a decentralized creative studio and you know one of our goals there is also just like bringing really cool friends into the space um and lee and garrett had a super sick idea and i was kind of like already deeply in this web3 mix and we're like let's do this um and so we've been cranking on brick and yeah super stoked on it well we're gonna get to brick in a minute but first I kind of want to get people lined up on why they should give a shit. And you guys are pretty humble. 
And so I want to spend another minute on, you know, who you are and, and, and what you've done, because I, I think, you know, for me, there's, you guys are incredibly unique in having a, uh, really a, a career of creative endeavors that have sat completely outside of the norm, but have always been about focus on community, focus on youth. And so, so tell people a little bit more about like what you've done in the past creatively. And, and then I'm curious why that focus on community and focus on youth, where does it come from? What's your inspiration? I think it's like as a young kid getting into different like forms of music, I found punk rock very early. Right. And it was, it was something that when I got into these rooms, it, it finally felt like a unit. It felt more like a unit than maybe kids at my school or it felt more like a unit than maybe sometimes family at home. You know what I mean? So it was kind of like I dove head first into this subculture that, that felt like a family. And then through there, it kind of it blossomed into this whole idea of like together we could do anything, you know, and that came from whether it be like booking shows or designing like tour merch or putting together tours and all this different stuff. And it was like at a young, super early age, punk rock kind of taught us that we're all humans with a brain. And if we apply ourselves, we can do whatever we want, you know? So we've kind of always through our projects had this DIY mentality where we kind of bring everybody together, you know, whether it be through our band or through our shop or now with brick, we've always tried to blur the lines and the separation of what, it means to be involved, you know, whether it's the crowd or the band on stage, we try to tear down that barrier because at the end of the day, without them, there's no us, you know? So that's been like the through line of our projects all the way through is kind of these community driven projects and things, whether it be like, like trash talk, it's like, we've done things like that where it's, we're the band that constantly does the free show. And I, I think it's because it's just something that's instilled in us to kind of bring people together for a greater good and provide that experience. And it's always just been at the forefront of our brain when we move, you know what I mean? Knowing that without everybody, this doesn't really move, you know? It seems to me like you're, you guys are taking exactly the same spirit that we had with like maximum rock and roll and, and, and book your own life. And you know, you've, you've done that like through the MySpace era, through the Instagram era, and now into this sort of, web three unknown uh, what what is how would you describe that that like arc and and what excites you about where it, where it might go tomorrow i mean Garrett, you want to take it yeah man um i don't know i think it's been really dope like we've it's it's definitely become uh, a little bit a little bit easier you know uh with 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 the internet and everything um because you know yeah it used to be really we used to kind of just pull up and have to figure it out you know we we have we started playing shows on the East coast cause we booked a tour and our, our van broke down in Philadelphia. Then it was like, okay, we just live in Philadelphia now. You know what I mean? And like, now we're able to reach out to people all over the world and kind of build a, a one community, you know, that's doesn't, that isn't stopped by if we can get there or not, you know what I mean? And it's like that, that's been so helpful in growing, you know, us as a band, us as a, as, as our friendship groups and, you know, all, all over. And I, I had this conversation with Garrett like earlier this morning where it's like, I love the idea of we've been building these spaces, right? That, that help blossom community and creativity amongst like youth and kids and adults, young adults, old adults, kind of all over the board. But we've done all these things so localized, right? It was like when I was a kid, I ran a punk venue 
in Sacramento. I was 15, dropped out of high school, was like, I'm just going to go ahead first and book seven shows a week. And what we did there was super impactful. And I know that it helped a lot of people and same with Babylon. And it's like these ideas of if you build it, they'll come and people support what supports them. But I like the idea now where we've done these localized, right? And now with this new tech, I'm able to kind of reach outside of just where we're able to be physically, you know? It's like in Los Angeles, we have this place and every week it's kids crawling all over the place and coming there to learn stuff, whether it be like about fashion or skateboarding or art or photography. But now I feel like we're gonna be able to take these these places that we've made kind of micro and localized and then open them up on a global scale, which is fun to me because we travel so much and we meet kids and we meet people. And like, well, a couple months ago we were in Amsterdam and it's a kid comes skating up the street and he's like with his, with his camera. And he's like, I take photos every day. I take photos. Like, I love Babylon. Like, what you guys are, I hope to go to Babylon one day, you know? And it's like, there's a way for that kid to be included if he can't stand in Babylon physically. He could still be a part of the ethos and the idea and that all these different projects, the through line is, you know, where it's like we're kind of better together. Babylon, the network, the network state of Babylon. I want to I want to tell people what Brick is because you're teasing it now and and uh, and we need to get to it. But I think first they need to know what Babylon is. Um, you know, in, until you see it, it's hard to know. So how do you describe it to people? Babylon for me, I, I can't speak to Garrett because we're always, you know what I mean. It's uh, we've kind of always lived as a band, like Garrett was saying, in these warehouses and creative spaces where we would go and regionally take over areas. Like we'd move to the Northwest as a band. We all live in a house. We're local. We're playing every show. You know, we're coming to the East Coast. We're local. We're playing every show. We're here. We come to London. We're we're shutting it down every festival. You know, and then maybe 15 years ago we had the idea. We're like, where's next? And Garrett, we're literally on a plane back from London, and Garrett's like. I don't know, 49th and Fig in Los Angeles. And we're like, that sounds cool. It's a big warehouse, you know? So we get there, we get off the plane. We don't, we know LA because we're from California, but we moved to this place. And then from there, we kind of built everything that we've ever wanted as kids under this roof. We built mini ramps and recording studios and threw shows in there and had silk screening and making zines and shipping our own merch with Trash Talk. And we kind of cut out the middleman. We made this whole under one roof ecosystem for us and our people to thrive, you know? And then that kind of became this lure and lore in Los Angeles. It was like this place, 119 downtown, these crazy punk guys just have a house with like covered in neck face and Osjemios art and they're throwing all these crazy concerts and we don't know who's down there. And it just became this place. And then we ended up doing a shoe with Converse uh, a couple of years ago and we were like, hey, we should redo our warehouse, but invite people to come and like, let's open up our world to the public for a weekend, you know, let's build a ramp, let's do all this stuff. And then we did it. We were like, wait, this is like, we should do this. You know, we should do this and share the things that we've been doing for years with other people and and maybe repackage it with now like our know-how from years of design and experience and curation and networking and be able to kind of repackage all of our youthful things that we grew up on and kind of made us who we are and and present it to people and have them be involved, you know? So that was kind of the start of Babylon. And it's, I know Garrett could speak to from the design side, it's like with Trash Talk and all that, it's like, you know, Ian, it's like you grow up on collecting records. I need that, I need that limited 400 on green. 
uh, like I need that T-shirt from the the DC show from 9:30 Club, like all this, and you're like, we come from that. So when it comes to collectibles and goods and like making fun product that that has a story, we're able to come in with Babylon and like highlight the things that we love, whether it be Ed Culver, or old punk photographer, whether it be Jackass that we grew up on, or the Bad Brains, or even like stepping outside and working with like Virgil and like these bigger brands, but kind of just the through line being it's, it's all just stuff that we like and we, we vibe with and we present it in our fashion and pay it forward, you know? Sorry for the long-winded answer. I've never answered that. No, it's not long. I, I don't, I didn't find it long-winded at all. And it's actually exactly what I wanted to get to because what I want the listeners to understand, and I hope they're getting the, the vibe for if they don't know who you guys are, just think about it for a second. We're in this world of of Web three where you know it's it's been just a gold rush up to this point in a lot of ways, and the and the diamonds in the rough are difficult to suss out, right? So I think what some people are going to be doing when they're listening to this is trying to figure out, okay, brick, what is it? Who are these people? Do I trust them? Some of them are going to know trash talk in Babylon, and they're going to be like, I'm in. And the ones who aren't are already getting the sense. I think, okay, these are people who do shit. Right. I mean, I think Aiden said earlier, or maybe I guess it was I was Aiden or Garrett said that, you know, Lee is the most punctual friend that that they have. And I think that that's the that's the that's the rare thing. The intersection here is a world of someone who comes from the background that you guys do of building community and building creativity and, and, and building culture um, who actually build things with your hands and, and, and with your minds, but also understand what's possible and what you said a second ago, Lee, about putting together a global group of people using the internet, right? And, you know, because that's what you said. It's like, yeah, I can build this in my, in my community. And, and when I was there, you were telling me about, you know, a grandfather with, you know, dreadlocks coming and skating with his, with his grandson, right? You know, and, and like building that level of a community center, which is like real hands-on, day-to-day work, but then also saying, well, wait, what happens when we extend these tentacles out, you know, to everybody on the globe and, and on the internet? And I just, I just think it's completely unique. And I want to try to like, um, to, to draw that out a bit. And before we move into brick, I think the other thing that people be interested in, you know, you mentioned Virgil, you, you guys were signed to odd future, which is, you know, Tyler and Tyler, the creator and crew. And, and so I think another thing that, that, that is, worth mentioning is that creatively you know you guys are not only you know kind of this creative nucleus yourselves but you're plugged in you know to all of these people globally i mean when i was in the when i was in the babylon shop you were showing me you know stuff from uh from around the world you know whether it was our Macropolis or the like pins that were from japan and like you guys are part of this like kind of cultural network that's already global so how, how do you you know how, how did you get plugged into that and and like how important is that you know, to your, the last 15 years of what you guys have been doing? Um, uh, I think we got plugged into it, man, because we, we kind of all come from different walks of life, you know, like, uh, you know, I grew up kind of more on like the hip hop jazz kind of R and B kind of thing. And when I met Lee, he kind of plugged me into the punk rock thing, you know, and I grew up selling mixtapes out of, out of the trunk with my dad and, you know, E40 and too short and like the Bay area kind of do it yourself, uh, kind of rap thing, you know? And, um, it was it was really easy for me to kind of blend blend that to what we were doing in the in the punk rock scene and stuff, you know, and, and with collaboration and as as we've grown trash talk and then trash talk into Babylon and all this, like that's always been the through line with with meeting people like Virgil and 
all these people is that like, you know, even though we're from different walks of life, we, we meet in this creative place in the middle, you know, and come up with stuff on our own or, 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 or can like put our brains together and, and build something really dope, you know? So um, it's, it's always been, it's always been really like, that's, that's been the, the focus is, is to bring people together from different, different spaces. To touch on it. I think that like, I mean, I think that there's so much relatability between different worlds that people sometimes don't see, you know, where it's like, you could have someone who's the head creative director of Louis Vuitton and you could have this punk rocker who's like covered in blood hanging upside down, but they still have th this through line ethos of like kind of putting it together and helping one another, you know what I mean? And putting like the actual DIY mentality is a thing that kind of Garrett instilled in me at an early age where it was like, you're a young punk band looking for a record label and trying to figure it out. And Garrett's like, these are just people like us. Like if we put it together, we could sit down and do the exact same thing as them. And I think that that as far as trash talk and Babylon goes has shown through the decades that we're super self-sufficient by way of we, we, we work hard and we're able to actually put the things together. And I think people sometimes get surprised as far as like how, how well we operate for punk rockers. You know what I mean? It's like, here's some punk rockers with like Doc Martens and Converse and global pop-ups and all these crazy things. And it's like, yo, just cause I'm a punk rocker doesn't mean I'm not smart. Like we all have this at the end of the day. And I feel truly like Garrett's kind of at a young, early age. It's like, we could do it too. We just have to think about it, really put the time in and apply ourselves. So I think that as far as working in a bigger, like network outside of just our world, we, it's kind of has bled through where it's like, these guys are about it, you know, they do this. So it's like, you could trust, especially with like projects like Virgil. It's like, we're doing like last time we did like a hundred page, 40 different artists curated book with like a tear out seven inch flexi with like knowledge and all this stuff. And it's like that level of curation, it comes with a level of trust, you know? To, so it's like also knowing that the partners we work with, like we're like-minded by way of creativity and just, we could trust on them to, to not take it outside of where we would want to, you know? That's exactly what I wanted to set up. This is why I'm excited about this project, right? Is because I don't, I don't see a, an example where, this kind of DIY, this kind of ethos, and this kind of a track record, frankly, has been applied in this way. So, like on that basis, let's like let's turn to Brick. What is it? We're gonna open a venue. We're gonna open a venue with Brick. That's the idea. I think that me and you, Ian, we've had a lot of conversations about this, and I feel that with this new tech that's going on, and like with NFTs and Web three in general, we could move some mountains that will help change a lot of lives in the process. And I think that like we talk about that global network, like we've been creating these places, we've been bringing these, these people together to try to learn more. And I think that we could do that non-localized and do that on a global scale with high level curation and just well thought out. And that's kind of always been our, our thing is trying to swing as hard as we can and make it the best we can. But um, yeah, Brick, we're opening a venue. There's a million reasons we could go into as to why. You pick which one. I think the reasons come out when you talk about how it's actually going to work. Um, so how's it going to work? I want to be involved. What, like, how can I, how can I be involved? Like what, what's going to happen? What can I expect to happen as someone on the, on the other side of this? Yeah, I'm, I'm down to jump in. Um, I think 
one of the coolest parts when like kind of combining these guys world and web three so like i think the concept we're, we're going in with is like this is not just a venue but it's a democratized venue so the process starts with mint obviously so you mint a brick and the first order of business is finding a venue in la um and it is going to be in la but um one thing that we've talked about is like kind of having this you know, 24 hour live stream. So like anything we do in the space can also be accessed to people around the world to kind of, you know, like make them part of what we're doing. But essentially it's like, yeah, so creating this place, finding this venue and building this venue and building it with the community and having people vote on every aspect from design to which speakers should we get to who should be our first performer to if someone has an idea and they pitch it, they're just like, yo, let's make it a screen printing shop this week. Cool. Um, and if let's make it a skate park next week and let's have the community fund pay for it. Cool. Um, and obviously like these guys and myself, like luckily connected to a million really cool artists. So I think there's still going to be like that high level of curation and like, you know, bringing a lot of cool things to the table and, giving optionality to the community and like keeping them in the mix with like still having like our, you know, taste and stuff there as well. Um, but yeah, I feel like that's, that's the general concept and I'm super excited to like, I think we're like at this inflection point of like utility and actual utility being like a lot more important in the web three space. And I think like, I'm very excited for this just to be like a case study of like, these are really cool people entering the space in a really genuine way. They've been building shit for 20 years and now we're going to do the same thing and like try to give people more access to it. And, um, if you have an NFT, you can come to the venue whenever you want and bring friends, um, and kind of just like have a real say in what we're doing. There's so much for me there by way of like where we can get into it, where I, I think that there's so many sides to it. Like when we talk, we've talked to Ian before about like, Babylon, right? There's this massive bull in the backyard, but it's that's the reason you came there, right? It's the conversation between kid A and kid B that is the scene because they're going to go and do C. So I think that us, we, we've through the years, we've built these places where kids, I'm going to come skate or I'm going to go see Trash Talk and I'm going to do this. And then they, on the way out, pick up the Ari Markopoulos book and then they go get a camera. And now they're a photographer, you know, or, hey, I'm going to do this lookbook. Now I'm going to be a model. And now they're walking in Paris down the runway. So I think that the conversation that we've had a lot is that it's a big thing for the youth, especially and young adults is relatability. And I think that if we can provide knowledge through relatability, it's the most impactful. So it's like, hey, I, I came to this venue tonight to see Lil Uzi Vert, you know, but on the way out. I got this knowledge that I now am going to go and sit with and marinate on. So it's like we're building this place where kids could come by way of entertainment. But the bigger goal here is knowledge, you know. And I think that me and Garrett speak about it a lot where it's like I want to learn photography from Atiba or I want to learn painting from Neckface and all this and that. And it's like it's we're able to bring people in and have them leave with greater knowledge. And I think as far as this space goes, when we talk about kids, whether it be from these rooms that we grew up in or Babylon in general, I find these kids to be some of the most creative kids in the world. And I just don't think that they've been given the opportunity to maximize their brain yet. So if we could make a place where kids are able to come welcoming 
And then on the way out, they leave with some knowledge that might change their life, might change yours and my life. You know what I mean? That's the end goal here is that I think that we can make something that's bigger than than that. And the ripple effect of it is what I'm really, really excited about, you know? I, I definitely, yeah, forgot to mention a lot of the more like, I guess, educational stuff for lack of better terms. But yeah, just kind of like bringing really cool individuals into the mix to like teach people how they do their craft in like a way that, you know, like an 18 year old would be super stoked on or a 35 year old or whoever. And then also like, I think there's like a ton of my friends that are super not very knowledgeable about crypto or NFTs or web three. And like also teaming up with you guys. And it's like bringing some really sick people from ledger and being like, yo, let's teach a hundred people who have never heard of crypto exactly how to do this. Give them a ledger so they don't get scammed teach them like exactly what to avoid in discord and like make sure they get into web three the right way. And it's like shit like that as well, because it's like, I feel like that stuff is like, you really need someone there to walk you through it sometimes. And like, I think that's what's stopping so many of our homies from really diving into this world is just like that extra five to 30 minutes of like, yo, let me just show you. Um, and maybe like one of your favorite artists is showing you or like someone you look up to and you're like super stoked on it. So I feel like it could be this really cool hub for just like combining all of these worlds and like being a lot more meaningful than a typical venue. I love it. And look, I, so many things I agree with here. Like this is the way you learn, you learn through experience and, and you learn, you know, learn from people you trust and you learn. And, and a lot of this is hand to hand combat. You know what I mean? One at a time, each one teach one. Like we, we, we go for it. Also, I love that, that you said it's about relatability. You know, I think one of the things that, that I've thought about a lot, you know, people talk about authenticity all the time, but I actually think a better word is relatability. You know, you, you might, um, you might like a, a cartoon character and if they're relatable, then you can learn something from them, you know? It, it, and so you, you have to have those people though, that, that you, that you relate to in whatever way that is. And I, I love that you're building like a physical collective for that, but then you're also really crossing that over into an international, you know, network based collective. Um, you know, so the, the same sort of teaching that you're talking about, you know, somebody who's not there might have an opportunity to get, am I correct? Um, either, you know, you know, in, a, in, in some kind of environment, what, what, what would that be? Is it a discord? Is it a, what, how, how will I, how can I participate in this? You know, when I'm, when I'm living here in Europe. I'm super excited because I, I swear there's something in my life where like punk rockers, there's, they always end up doing great things, you know? So it's like, we have a lot of friends or especially one friend who has stepped into the live stream space over the last couple of year, years. And now he's, he does all the live streams from the Grammys to Coachella to this, the guy that's in the NBA bubble with the drone standing next to LeBron hoping to get the hug, you know? So with him, and it, it's fun, though, because it's like, oh, still a punk rocker, like kind of makes sense, you know? And with him, we're, we're talking about building this live stream where when we do these activations, whether it's like a crypto security hub with Ledger, you're going to be able to tune in. Whether we're doing like a photo class with Atiba, you could tune in. I like the idea of being able to like, Aiden brought it up the other day. It's almost like these master classes where we're going to bring in people from our network. Because I like the idea of it's not just crypto security through and through. It's art and culture and music and all that. So we're talking about programming for music, programming whether it be like a Tim Armstrong 
teaching you how to play guitar or an alchemist teaching you how to make beats. I like the juxtaposition of fun and creativity as well as knowledge. So this back and forth, but this live stream, so you're able to attend. But then the fun thing that is like the live stream you're attending, you also had a say in, you know? I like, we talk about it. When I was a kid, I grew up, Garrett as well, in, in Berkeley going to like a legendary old punk venue where every Sunday we would sit in a circle and it would be, hey, Ian's band wants to play on Monday, yes or no? And we would all sit here, the 20 of us, and we would vote. And I like that idea. I like that idea of all of us choosing the way that this place is ran. So it's like, even if you're a person tuning into this live stream of Crypto Security Hub, like presented by Ledger Academy, you don't have to be in Los Angeles for that. Like the knowledge is still there, you know? So that's the fun thing when we talk about these global networks is being able to tear down that and have a place that kind of isn't just localized because with this new we're able to kind of tie it all together and have that kid in Amsterdam feel like he's here in LA, you know? I was just going to ask, how is that actually going to work, right? Because um, my understanding is you're going to be, so when it mints, I'm going to be able to buy a brick, right? And and that brick is going to give me a vote, but I might be able to buy multiple, you know, I, I could I could go out there and, and sweep the floor and be kind of a super holder and get, and get a big vote, right? But I'll also know you guys well enough to know that you're going to want, you know, the kids who are coming every day to have a say in it too, and, you know, not just somebody who, you know, who happened to have a lot of ETH and swept the floor. So how, how are you going to how are you going to handle that? Yeah, like on on the logistical side. So we've decided to not open up a discord until post mint, um, because I think like discords pre mint can get like a little gnarly in terms of like grinding for whitelists or just like toxicity. And we've kind of decided like, OK, let's have a token gated discord so you can get in after. So that's one of the first steps. Um, right after you buy a brick or a few bricks, there's a few levels. And you're going to actually get to put your name on a brick within the venue, which is super cool. And based on if you have more bricks or less bricks, you can get a different type of, you know, like aesthetic on your brick. Um, but further than that, on the logistical side, so we're going to have this token gated discord and we're going to be implementing Snapshot a lot so people can connect their wallet. Um, and pretty much vote on a bunch of causes. And we'll be like, okay, for 24 hours, we want to meet this quorum of like 500 votes or whatever. And like, who should be our first performer? And I think, um, one of the problems like past the actual minting experience is like this discord friction and this constant voting and DAO participation, DAO participation. So I think we're going to have to use a combination of like you know, maybe some private Instagrams and Twitters, and then also like this token gated discord and snapshot um, to really just like find this balance. Um, I think it's going to be like a learning process along the way. I've used snapshot a lot and I've had like really great success. And I think like, we definitely want to try that. And it's like, for those who don't know snapshot, it's like the web three way of voting, you connect your wallet. If you have three bricks, you get three votes, typically. Um, but yeah, again, like Garrett and Lee have been like super just like clear about like, yeah, like if someone can only afford one brick, let's make sure they're still heard. So we're we're making sure it's balanced in the right way. But that's kind of right now where we're at with like the voting stuff. Makes sense. I'm working my way through um, Balaji's Tarastan's new book, The Network State right now. And I can't not think about what you're saying in that context. Right. Because what he's saying is, is that, you know, democracy is geographic 
the way that we have it today. Um, you know, but in the future, it's network based. And that is exactly what you guys are doing. You're building a community center, basically. But that community center is actually, you know, owned by people who you might not be sitting next to physically, you might not be living next to physically, you that community is actually international. And for me, that means a lot because the community that I was a part of in 1992, when there were like a handful of us in academia, you know, reading, you know, Usenet, and I was reading like alt fan rap and, you know, alt fan Beastie Boys and alt music, Frank Zappa. And, you know, there was this guy called the homeboy from hell who posted like every hip hop review or rap rap was what it was called, you know, and he was what what he was posting the homeboy from hell, you know, that, that was, I was a part of a community and I never met any of those people physically. Right. So that's this, this is meaningful to me on, on like an almost 30 year time horizon. The, the, um, and I think I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm super curious what comes out of it. And I think you're acknowledging, we don't really know, right? Here's what we know. If I can just recap, because I think pretty soon people who are listening to this podcast are going to have to ask themselves, do I want to buy a brick or not? Right. <laughs> so here's what, here's what, here's what we can tell them. If you buy a brick, you are, you're buying into this concept. First of all, you're buying into these people being the ones to do it because you think they actually can run a venue and let the community in and have access to artists, you know, music artists, fine artists, um, people who are going to teach classes, people who are going to, you know, uh, make, make shit, whether it's, you know, silk screening or, or, you know, making merch or whatever it is. Um, and you, the buyer of that brick, are going to get a say in what goes on. You're going you're gonna to have a seat at the table. If you're in L.A., you can walk in the door. And if you're not in L.A., you're going to be in that private Discord or that private Instagram or whatever it is. And you're going to have a seat at this, at this table. Um, so that's, that's, that's kind of what we know, right? Um, and then we don't know where it goes. But I, I'm with you that you guys, I, I'll, I'll, I'll make a bet on it being really fucking interesting but is there anything else about it that you know already that you could that you could tell people that's going to be a part of it we've been working it's like i mean the amount of people that we've worked with over the years the ears have perked up when we're like hey trash talk the band that is like known for being like the the wrecking ball of a venue is opening one you know it's like, I think that when it comes to a place, like Garrett is, Garrett's a, Garrett used to build microphones. This guy's a sound nerd, you know? I'm the guy that walks into the venue and the club promoter walks up to me and he goes, hey, this is what you're not allowed to do. Don't touch this. Don't touch this. Don't do that. And I immediately feel like the creativity and the art is stunted, you know? I'm like, Yo, I just woke up. I'm not here to break anything. I just want to do the thing. I didn't want to break anything so until I you told me that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and now it's off. But I like the idea of it's like we've traveled the world for half of our lives. And whether that be like the punk squat, like forced, like up four flights of stairs in Paris in the snow, or like a festival of the 50,000, I kind of feel like that we sit in a pocket where it's like from an artist standpoint, I feel like we're going to build something that's super artist friendly, but also like attendee friendly which is like my favorite thing. i don't think that there's a lot of venues right now that currently serve the people that are attending them 
I think that it's kind of just there's about five companies that run the whole shit. And you want to see the artist, you buy this ticket, thanks, bye. You know? And it's, it doesn't have to be like that. And I think that we didn't really touch on it, but it, we've been having a lot of conversations with friends of ours about how as this gets further, you know, and as we have more technology and, and these things present themselves, it is important for us to remember these things that make us who we are, you know? The way that you felt when you sat down with a glue stick and some scissors and made a flyer for the show tonight. The way it feels to paint, the way it feels when Aiden takes a photo or Garrett plays a guitar. Those are the things that at the end of the day make us who we are, I feel like, you know? So in my head, if it's kind of important for me at my age group to help further that, you know? Like we might be the last of a dying breed that didn't have the cell phone, you know? And I, I don't want people to also in the same breath forget that like what it feels like to get kicked in the face at a show or like take a photo or do whatever it is, like feel alive, you know? But if we could use this thing right here to globally better the human experience, that's the idea. So it's like, I think that kids will come and be able to take that shit and go way further than we ever dreamed of, you know, which is super fun for me. And at the end of the day, it's like, we've always moved like this where it's like, hey, if one person was affected, we won, you know, that, that was the idea. And I, I think that we've done a great job so far. And it's going to be really fun to kind of like include new people into our world and help show them how we got here, you know? This is this is very real way of of organizing um you know, of organizing a group of people around uh a shared goal, right? And so the question I was going to ask and maybe it's a question for Aiden is you know, why, why web three, what do, what do NFTs bring into this? You know, why not, why not do this like with a MySQL database and a Shopify account? You know what I mean? Like what's your, what's your thought on like, you know, why this, why now, what is it, what's different about it? Yeah, for sure. I think like one thing I've learned is like, I don't know. I really think NFTs are one thing, but like the underlying technology is another and like blockchain and smart contracts and kind of just like getting people paid right away or having things ran transparently or building a community in a way where you can track it like you've never before been able to just make all of these experiences easier. And like, although on the front end, it might be hard for many people to like participate. Like, I think there's just this technology as a whole, like makes a lot of this a lot more traceable, a lot more transparent. And it's a really cool way to like crowdsource money and activate on an idea. Um, and it's like, we've obviously seen things like GoFundMe, but that obviously ends at like a, a certain point. It's like, you're not only just giving me $15 so we can make our idea and then like, okay, cool, like GoFundMe. It's like, okay, you're helping us make this idea and you have ownership and you have say in the democracy and you're part of this movement. And like, not for nothing. It's like, I've been watching these dudes. Like I grew up in LA and I was like 14 years old skating on Fairfax, like trying to meet odd future. And it's like, these dudes have like literally helped inspire like my whole generation. And there's like a lot of people in web three that are like, Oh yeah, culture or this or that. And I'm like, dude, these guys like our culture and this technology can help really like create something special. And I think there's like a few times where like I think culture and like technology meet and it's like very exciting. Kind of like what you said earlier, Ian, of like 
everyone has a fucking iPhone and can listen to music. Like, what's next? Like, I think this is what's next. And, like, I'm just super excited about it. And I think, like, in a long-winded answer, the underlying technology really helps what we're trying to do in, like, a decentralized way where, like, we don't have to partner with, you know, a big company, I'm not going to name names, who run all the venues. Totally. I think with this, you get, you get ownership. You get transferability. Right. So I can I can I can own something and I can show that off. That's something I can't do with a GoFundMe. Um, also get transferability. If I decide you guys are whack, I can sell it at whatever the market at whatever the market price is, you know, and that's and that keeps you guys honest as well. Whereas you do a GoFundMe, you get the money in the bank and then, well, I don't know what you do with it after that. Right. And then also to your point, you get this sort of participation and these these voting rights. Um, so, you know, it's, and, and then you have this ability to offer like continued value to those people down the road. You can say, Hey, anyone who's owning at this point is going to get X, Y, or Z, um, and, and kind of create, you know, like, you know, almost like franchise type of shit off of it. We have so much fun stuff baked in from like the idea of like, I'm the, like every t-shirt I have, I've hoarded my entire life. Like. I'm, I'm have 10,000 million t- like there's gonna be so much fun stuff where it's like coupling this artist that you would never see in web three ever with this musician you would never see in web three ever smashing them together you now have this item that lives past all this as a collectible hopefully in 20 you know what i mean like in your hand like, there's so much more fun stuff baked into it from like the art standpoint and i think like one of the big things for me is that you're helping further the idea of what is possible. You know, like I bought a brick, right? And now 20 kids just got some wild knowledge and who knows, I might buy their project next week. And to me, that's the thing. Like if I'm sitting across, if I'm sitting in London right now, I'm never going to LA. And I know that there's about to be kids going into a place to get knowledge, to come into my world, to hopefully make that better. I'm in. And that alone is like, that's enough for me without the entertainment. And I I think that that's like a big side of this. And that's why I'm super like happy about this ledger conversation, you know, and the partnership is because I told you before, it's like kids have came to our skate shop and been like, hey, I want to do NFTs. How do I not get robbed by someone I can't beat up in real life? And I'm like, yo, that's a great question, you know, and you're the 17 year old kid that needs to know the answer. And I don't necessarily have that technical answer for you, but here is this company that is rooted in security and knowledge who's going to help you get that information so you can go do the things that you're telling me you want to do. And to me, that's the most important, you know? I get excited when I see, like, I shot back three kickflip the bull, but I also get super excited when I see the kid hit the bookshelf. Like, it's just as exciting to me. So I think the the entertainment matching with the knowledge is, like, it's it's the intersection of like all the shit that I need to happen to feel good about the endeavors, you know? All right. Thank you guys for, uh, for, for talking about it. A question, last question, uh, for, for, for each of you, what was your, what was the first show you ever saw and what was the venue? I, my mom made me go see the who on 4th of July when I was like nine and I was so pissed off cause I just wanted to make fireworks explode. So I guess the who, and now I think the who is yeah. all right. I'm, I'm, what was the venue? <laughs> Some fucking weird field outside of the Bay. The, the, I mean, I, 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 know, I like live at live at Leeds it. still sounds like Sabbath to me. So I'll, I'll, I'll I'm, I'm, I'm good with that. Who at age nine? <laughs> uh, the record is amazing. Garrett, what was your first show? Uh, 
probably really, really young, uh, like Marvin Gaye kind of thing, possibly with Where my at? Mom. What would the venue? What would the venue have been? Stuff. The venue, I I don't even know what the venue would have been because I was such a baby. But um, first show I probably went to on my own that I really needed to go to was uh, Jay Z's first tour. Uh, I think it was San Francisco. Aiden, what was maybe your first Warfield. show? Yeah, mine's yeah. definitely on some family shit with. Uh, I think it was John Mayer. My mom brought me. It was like we were seeing some cousins. It was like somewhere in New Jersey at this massive stadium thing. Um, Shout out to John Mayer. John Mayer. Shout out to John Mayer. As a, as a car player, Garrett, that's Garrett's. Garrett's like the guy who plays the clear Dan Armstrong at a punk show with a thousand kids beating each other's ass. And then he goes home and is like John Mayer. Like, you know? <laughs> is that true, Garrett? Are you, are you at home listening to John Mayer noodle? Well, yeah, he, he yeah. well, Aiden saw your favorite first show then. Cool. Thanks for taking the time. I appreciate it. Hopefully this is sounds good. It's my first podcast ever. This is ever. your first podcast ever? That's a soundbite. All right. Thank you, guys. That's it. Wow. I really like the vibe of this conversation. Uh, truly feels like so many different worlds are coalescing thanks to NFTs. If you want to learn more about market and the future break drop, head to market.ledger.com. And keep an eye out for more news coming soon. This was On The Ledger from Paris with your host Moïse Saïd. Till next time, take care. Au revoir. This content is provided for informational purposes only and is the sole expression of our opinion and should not be relied upon as legal, business, investment or tax advice. Do your own research. Any loss or profit is your sole responsibility. Stay safe.